Are you excited? Woo! We serve such a good God, don't we? I tell you, I've been meeting with our pastors and elders, and I've been meeting with the Lord, the most important thing. And I'm telling you, God is doing amazing things right now. His church is about to rise from the ashes, amen, where the enemy tried to take it out. I'm telling you, God's glory is going to prevail. And I'm just so excited that Faith Builders is going to be a part of this movement of God, amen. Well, I'm starting a little new series, a um, couple weeks, and then I think Pastor Paul is going to guest speak in between, and I'm going to come back. But I, um, God really put in my heart to, you know, as you know, in this last couple years, really preparing this church for revival. That I'm telling you, these doors are going to break down, and we're going to have to open up a new facility because God's going to move in a very supernatural way, and it's going to come suddenly. It's, there's a knower within my knower that I know, if there's any possible way. My knower knows, and that knower knows. So uh, God is doing something very special in this church. And so I just say, church, get ready. Get your seat buckles on. If you're not plugged in, get plugged in. You know, if you haven't found friends, find friends. Because what God's about to do, you don't want to be left out, sitting outside, looking in, amen. Get right in the middle of what the Holy Spirit is doing. So I really want to take the next few weeks to really challenge us as believers, um, whatever walk of faith that we're here this morning, um, to really check our hearts and to go to some deeper places of spiritual maturity. I think we can all do that, can't we? I've been serving the Lord for 33 years, and I can still find myself going to places of maturity with the Lord. And God has really been speaking to my heart that it's really time for the church to go back to our first love. You know, and I need that. How many need that? And if you've been saved under a year, you don't. You're still in the romance stage. Everything is fun for you. After that, you know, you hit some challenges, and you hit some roadblocks, and you get discouraged, and then... You know, the C word happened, COVID, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. But, you know, there's just things that took the life out of us. And so God wants his church to fall in love with him again. Not just his church, but fall in love with him. So I'm going to take the next few messages, and I'm just going to ask you to ask the Lord, God, speak to me the areas of my life that I can personally be challenged in. And I'm going to talk about three different types of relationships that people may or may not have with the Lord. And um, let's not put our walls up, okay? Let's really listen from the Holy Spirit because my job is to pastor you. My job is not always to make you happy. The truth says it will set you free, so that should make you happy. But the truth will also cut us. It will cut us, and it will hit uncomfortable areas. And it will hit areas that the Holy Spirit wants to challenge, challenge us in. And I just want you to be so thankful for a church that's willing to do that for you. That will let the word cut you and not be so careless with always wanting to make you feel like you're a million bucks and walk out and not be prepared for what is about to happen in the world and on the earth today. Amen. So my message is this. It's what do you believe? What do you believe? And I mean really believe. And what does that look like in your walk with Jesus? As I begin to do some research for this teaching, I found out that 9% of Christians really have a relationship with God. 9% of people that call themselves Christ followers really have a relationship with God. 
I want to put up a statistic there that I, it's, a, it's the red graphic, from Barna. And um, Barna is a very reputable um, site that does a lot of church statistics. There's thousands of them on their website. I personally came across this one the last week, and it says the percentage of Christian pastors, listen, Christian pastors that possess a biblical worldview. What does that mean? Biblical worldview means that the... But if you look at the statistics, all Christian pastors, only 30% of them believe that the word of God is the final authority. I, I really want you to open up your ears today. Please don't let the enemy make you have deaf ears. And I just say that in the spirit. Because it's so important that we hear what is happening in the world today. The devil is subtly bringing the culture of the world into the church today and is lulling the church to sleep. That we have so much love and compassion for the world that we have forgotten the authority of the word of God. And the word of God might offend some people. The word of God may not be easy to explain, but it is the all-written, powerful word of God that changes lives. And we've got pastors. This is not to be a negative, but this is just to show a reality that 37% cannot say that all of the standard I read to you is true and preach from that truth. That's a scary time that we're living in. Because I'll tell you, as a pastor, you'd rather walk away having your people feel like a million bucks and love you all the time. That's easy. But to tell you the truth and say that you're going to have to really reexamine your faith in Christ. Because when we die and we face the creator, you will stand there alone with God, but I will be accountable for what I did and didn't tell you. And I don't want to face my God alone with that on my shoulders. Amen? So we have to look at senior lead pastors, only 41%. Thank God that's a little higher that believe that the solid word of God. Associate pastors, only 28%. this so many believe in God right but they don't live but they live as if he doesn't exist and that is so hard to sink in but guess what it's true statistics say nine percent really are serving God when they leave here out of this room now this isn't to be religious or condemning it's to really show you the reality of where I am at and where I can mature and grow in my walk with Jesus so I'm going, to talk, I'm going to talk about three different types of walks with God today and ask yourself, God, am I in any of those? And is there anything that I need to adjust in my life and in my relationship with you? So I'm going to start with um, out of Titus this morning, and I'll set up the story is that um, Paul was writing to Titus. And he was, the letter behind this message was to a rebellious church. How many know churches can get rebellious and get off course? And so Paul was writing a letter to the church, and he was trying to get them back to their moral values because the church had lost their moral values. So what's happening in the church world today is not new in the church world. It is called human nature. We always can get off track, but he was trying to get them back. And he says this verse, and it says, They claim to know God, but, their actions, but by their actions they deny him. So what is God looking in part of this relationship with him? He's looking for our actions. How are we responding in this relationship with God? We're saved by grace. Somebody say hallelujah. But there is our works 
of our relationship with God that has to come into play. We have to live our life on display as if we are Christ's followers. We're not going to be perfect, and you'll see that by the end of my message, but we should be putting Christ on display every day of our lives. He should be a part of our everyday experience because of a relationship with him. So it says they claim to know God. In other words, they're perceiving with their senses. See, so many people know God by emotions. We know him by a good worship service. We know him by a good shout and a good hype. How many ever had a good hype service? And they're awesome, and I'm all about that. But that is not knowing God. Because if you think you have to know God in emotions, you're going to look for that mountaintop all the time. And you're never going to get there because God isn't always on the mountain. He's in the valley. He's when you're climbing up. He's everywhere. So you can't just say, well, I feel God, and there I know him. No, I, I feel God very little. I've been serving God 33 years. I feel him very little, but I know him. I walk with him. I talk with him. I follow him. I'm not perfect. God knows I'm not perfect. I always said you don't need another Barb Pruitt on earth. One is enough. But I'm talking about knowing your God in a way when all hell breaks loose and you're by yourself, you still got to shout. You still got to praise. You don't lose your faith. You don't blame God. You don't walk away. You stay connected to God because I know my Redeemer and he draws nigh to me. We've got to get out of our emotions in this season of the church. Because what God's going to do is not about what we see with the senses. It's not going to be what we notice or even discern. I just preached at an event over in Mesa a couple nights ago. We had a wonderful time. And and, and the word the Lord gave me is that when God is moving, which he's doing right now, you're not going to discern that he's doing anything. Can somebody relate to that? Because you're like, God, I want to trust you and I believe you, but I don't even discern that you're doing something. Right? That's when you don't lean on how I feel with my walk with God. I trust God that he's a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. That he will lead me not astray, but I will follow all the ways of the Lord. Amen? That's the knowing, not by what I see. But it goes on, but their actions, they deny him. What does that mean? They reject him. Or you may go, well, I don't reject you, Jesus. Then you may not. But what happens is you leave here on a Sunday And you um, are not interested in him after today. You lose interest. And you may not find interest again until next Sunday worship experience comes back around. Hey, listen, I've been in this boat, trust me. We refuse to, um, when you reject God, you're refusing something that he's offering you. God sent his son to have relationship with you. He sent us to have intimacy with him. Not just a corporate setting, but God in this season is looking for one-on-one relationship with you. And how does he do that? Through his word. Through the word of God. If you're going through trials and you're having frustrations, you have to check your word level. You know, we can get frustrated and we can get mad and we can want to throw in the towel and quit, but you've got to say, but where's my word level? Because God is looking for this intimacy you see, into me you see. God, I am here for you. You look into me and I will hear from you. That's a relationship with God. We were created for relationship. I didn't even have time to go into my full story, but I was raised in a Christian home. I was raised knowing and loving Jesus, but I still had to come to the age where I chose Jesus for myself. 
And at 17, I found myself in the back of a church with blue, blue pews. They didn't have chairs back then, but they were blue. In, Rock, in Rockford, Illinois, at my church at Faith Center, uh, Pastor uh, Don Lyon, amazing church. And I was 17 years old, and I knelt down at that pew, and God began to speak to my heart. God wanted to teach me that you can't ride on your parents' coat strings anymore. You can't ride on the Bible studies in the house anymore. You can't ride on the, they brought you to church and now you need to serve God. No, God had to capture my heart to choose him and this relationship with him. And, and me knowing him and him knowing me. And, and I begin to know the Lord. And I begin to write letters to the Lord. And I begin to talk to the Lord. But the most important thing I did is I fell in love with the word of God. I couldn't wait to get in the Bible. I got in Genesis. I'm like, this is a cool book. Like, I was raising it, but I'm like, there's some cool stuff in here. Genesis, Exodus was awesome. And then when they left the wilderness, I got lost in the wilderness with them. I was like, I wandered around the wilderness with uh, so I fast-forwarded it to the New Testament, and I went to Matthew and the miracles of Jesus, and Mark and the signs and wonders, and Luke and John and Acts, the birthing of the church, and the epistles that taught me how to walk with God, how to deal with my sin, how to love others, how to forgive. If you want to do all those things, you got to find it in the Word of God. God isn't going to just download you because you chose to plug in and serve Him. No, we've got to work this relationship. We've got to open up the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, this is the book for me. Dust those pages off. Blow it. Just go ahead. Don't be ashamed. Dust it off. We all got a dusty Bible. I'm not talking about this either. I'm talking about the Bible. I don't even have a Bible with me. I'm humiliated. I can't even give a good example of the Bible. I have one at home, though. Listen, I want to put up the statistic that I uh, did a research on. I actually posted it on my Facebook page. But they did. If you read your Bible one or two times a week, there wasn't a lot of change. But this study said that if you read your Bible four times a week, look at this, feelings of loneliness dropped 30%. If you're lonely, what's your word level? Anger dropped 32 Because the word will correct you, Amen. Let's look at the good part. Sharing your faith increased 200%. Discipling others increased 230%. The reason why we can't pour out hope is because we're pouring nothing in. And God is looking for that relationship back again. Don't put on a YouTube. Don't put on a teaching. You talk to Jesus. Let Jesus talk to you. That will change your whole trajectory of your life, your marriage, your children, and everything. Somebody say amen. Thank you, Jesus. So point number one, we're never going to finish this today. Some people believe in God, but they don't really know God. Let's look at James 2. It says this, if you believe there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. So listen, it's not enough to just believe in God because the devils believe in God. Demons believe and they tremble at God. But do, you, but do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? See, it's not enough to just know God and come to church. I have to put some faith and works into what I'm doing with, with God. That means i got to take time to spend time with God. That means i got to put time aside. That means i got to open up my Bible when I don't want to open up my Bible. Because everything I believe is dead if I'm not working it. You can get all the knowledge you want of the word of God, but it is worthless unless you're putting it to work. 
it will just pile up like old manna in a tent in the Old Testament if you're not taking the truth and applying it in your life. God says to go lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Hallelujah. When was the last time you did it? I ain't looking at nobody. I got blinders on. I'm speaking to myself, guys. I have to live the word too. But we can't heap up all this. The church is just like we're fat little piggies on the word of God. It's time to go do the word of God. It's time to work this relationship that we have in Christ. Okay, verse 20. But do you want to know if, okay. Was not Abraham our father justified, verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his own son on the altar? What, what is he saying here? This relationship is I love God and I know God. But God told uh, Abraham, go kill your son. Well, wait, God. This relationship was cool till you asked something of me I don't want to do. This relationship is awesome. I can shout and praise you, but don't tell me to walk away from certain friends. That ain't happening. Don't tell me to change my lifestyle or my behavior. Uh, that ain't happening. I almost fell over. I had the Holy Ghost on that one. <laughs> Right? Why? Because in this relationship, God will ask for obedience. God will ask you to lay down certain things, places to stop going, people to stop seeing, um, behavior to stop. Not out of religion, but out of relationship. I never had to tell a man of God to tell me to stop doing certain things in my life or a woman of God. I let the word of God examine my heart, and I said, yes, Lord, I'm all in. Whatever you ask of me, it is yours. I will walk away from, and I did at 17 years old. I walked away from secular friends. I walked away from going to the dance clubs. It was the, like, dry drinking, you know, we didn't have alcohol. But I still went dancing with my friends. I walked away from secular men, and I chose Jesus. Why? Because faith without works, it is dead. God is looking for this relationship with us. And the culture has gotten into the world that says, oh, I'm fine. I can be like the world. I can behave like the world, and I'm all good. It's not what the word of God says. 13% of the preachers will tell you that. Make you feel good. Thank God this other 70, whatever, 7% is going to tell you the truth. Amen. Verse 22, do you see that faith working together with his works? Look at this. This is so good. Your faith working together with works. By faith, by works, faith was made perfect. What's that word there mean? Mature. I love God. I'm going to work this relationship, and now I become mature. It's time for the church to mature, isn't it? It's time for us to go to another relationship or level with God. All right, let's keep going. The culture of the church, Christian, we're going to get rid of culture Christianity. In other words, I'm not going to just go to church with no evidence of God in my life, no obedience of God in my life, no fruit, no sacrifices. I want to come to God. I don't want to just know. I want, don't want to know about him, but I want to know him. Something John said, some very direct words that John said um, in, in Scripture, 1 John, it says, We know that we have come to know God if we keep his commands. Know God. I perceive God. I discern him. How? When we obey him. So there are times in our walk with God, he will ask for obedience. He will never, he'll never tie you down. He'll never make you. He will convict you. But it's our responsibility to obey God in whatever he asks. Church, we have to be willing to say, God, I'm all in. 
I'm all in in this season. I want what you have, kingdom things in this season of my life. Whoever says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. Why? Because I can't love God and not obey him. And you'll see in one of my points, yes, you'll go to heaven if you're truly born again. We want to make sure that's true. You don't just have a religious experience. But we, he wants to know us. Amen. He wants to show us his intimacy. So what does that mean? I feel like I know him, but I'm not obeying him. There's no fruit in my life. There's no remorse of my sin. There's no conviction of sin. There's no transformation. I cannot imagine walking for so many years with the Lord and not having conviction of my sin. I would hate to have that relationship with the Lord that he didn't trouble my heart for the things that trouble him. And you know why? Because he is, but I'm not listening anymore. The Holy Spirit wants to convict us of sin. Other preachers would tell you, you're fine. The grace of God has saved you. But I don't want to be responsible that you think you have grace so much that actually you may not make heaven at all. I'll show you a scripture verse. This isn't me. This is the Bible. I hope to God, I wished if I was you, I had a pastor that would just tell me. Because I don't want to face God one day and say, well, nobody told me the truth. Because they were so worried about my feelings. Amen. Our lives should represent the teachings of Jesus every day. Amen. We may, know, we, may, we may know a lot about God. Let me just keep exposing this one point for a minute. We may know a lot about God. We may do a lot of things that are religious. We may come to church. We may give. You might do missions. But you have to be careful. Is that a head knowledge that I'm doing things religiously? And I'm really not born again by the Spirit who has transformed me to want to be like him. Right? Am I living the way that he wants or do I have a heart relationship that said, God, trouble my heart for the things that trouble you? Not perfect. We'll learn about David. David was awful. He made many mistakes, but he knew God. So I'm not talking about religion perfection. Get me here. But I'm talking about we have to make a change and a pivot in our life to go, am I really born again? And do I really have a covenant relationship with the Father? Only you can know that between you and God. Jesus said this very direct in Matthew 7. I love this. He said not, I shouldn't say I love this. It's difficult, but it is truth. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That's what the Bible says. Why? Because there's many religious people. There are celebrities who say, Lord, Lord, and do great things, but it doesn't mean they're born again. It says, you'll do many things for me. It says, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Listen, that is the Bible. Especially the times that are coming, the great deception and the many that there's a great falling away that's coming with the Antichrist one day. And if the church thinks we're okay without a relationship with him, there'll be a great deception that people will go down. Not everyone who says will enter heaven. Go to verse 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. 
It's not about all of that. The knowing is this relationship with the Father. Not fear-based, like, I better do it, I'm going to go to hell. No. It's a beautiful relationship with the Father. But God is looking more than just the religious things that we get caught up and think that's just enough. It's not. It's the relationship with God. Right after this story, he talks about building your house upon the rock. So when the winds come and the floods come, your foundation is built on the solid rock of the word of God. There'll be such a discernment that will come to your life when you're built on the word of God. You may hear a preacher say all the right things and do signs and wonders, but your knower goes, ah, 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 something's off with that joker. I don't know what it is, but my discernment, why? Because I have the word of God. I'm not led by emotions and hoopla. I'm led by the word of God on the inside of me. Amen? All right. I don't want to keep beating this one up because. (laughs) Amen. All right. Let's go to the second one. Those that believe in God and know him but don't know him well. Don't know him well. These are people who have come into an experience with God. They've answered the prayer of salvation, and they really did get born again. These are people who are really in the faith. They had a heart conviction. They were broken by God. But they've yet to be transformed by the Lord because they don't really know him. So you know how, like, let me give you an example when you're on social media and you see someone that you've never actually met, but you see their whole life on social media. And, you know, you know their kids. You know what they do, where they go to church, whatever. And then you meet a real person. You're like, my gosh, I feel like I already know you. And that's how it is with God. Like, we think we know God, but we don't really know God. We don't really know him. We know this perception of God or what we see painted in church, but we really don't have this intimate relationship that he begins to really transform us. We're saved. We're going to go to heaven. Thank God we're not deceived like the first group, but we're not being transformed by the Holy Spirit. We're informed by God. Okay, about God. Okay, look at Galatians 4. It says this. I'm going to read this translation. But then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those by nature who are not gods. What does that mean? Before you came to Christ, you lived in the world. How many lived real good for the devil? We lived real good for the world. But now, after you have known God, or rather you're known by God, see that relationship? How is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be into bondage? What is he saying? You know me, and I know you, but you keep going back to the seductions of the world. You keep going back to the bondages and the addictions and and the draws of wrong behavior because you really haven't come into really knowing God as your personal Savior, that God that loves you, that God that wants to heal you and deliver you and transform you. Too many of us get stuck here. And we think that's all there is of God. And God's like, I have so much more for you. But it is uncomfortable to let God get in our junk, isn't it? I don't want God in my business. I don't want to be vulnerable from God. I don't want to have um, conviction from God. I just want to be happy. Right? We don't want to go back to our destructive behaviors. God doesn't want you to be bound in things of the past. He said, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and liberty. This last two years, I have taken behind the scenes to structure this church for you and for your friends, for places that they can go to know God better. We have a class that opened this morning, Growing Together, three weeks, and we'll offer it again. 
Why? Because I want you to know God better. I'm not just up here preaching and not going to give you tools to make it happen. We've got uh, Celebrate Freedom. If you have any kind of thing that controls your life and addictions or whatever it is, you have a place to go in a community of people that will love you back to life. We've got Rooted that's going to launch in September, a beautiful 10-week program. I'm setting it before you, but you have to say, God, here I am. Take me. I will be vulnerable. When I first got saved, I laid hands on my heart. I found a scripture in the Bible. It says, search my heart, O God, and make it true. Search my heart, O God, and make it more like you. That is a courageous prayer. Don't pray it if you're not ready for it. But it's the greatest prayer ever made in my life. I have done stuff for Jesus that blows my mind because I said that prayer. I'm not special. I'm just saying God wants you to grow deeper, amen? Amen. He wants you to know him more intimately. All right, number three. We're rounding the corner. This is the good one. Everybody say it's the good one. Okay. (laughs) It's the one that I believe we're all going to fit into if we don't quite yet. Number three, I believe in God and know him intimately and serve him wholeheartedly. This is where God wants to take the church. This is where God wants to take some of your friends who don't know the Lord yet. This should be our goal as leading our friends to Christ, to get them to this place to really know how to serve God. Listen, when you get to this place of this relationship with God, it's where you've learned to open up the word. You've learned to take your notebook and just take notes. If you want to know where to start, just open up. Open up to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. You can't go wrong with any of those. Epistles, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, that's going to teach you how to walk with Jesus. If you don't know how to, that's your discipleship manual right there. It's amazing. It changed my life. And I take out a notebook and a pen, and I always had a cup of coffee. Many of you know my story. Because coffee is the will of God. (laughs) Fight me on it, I dare you. (laughs) I can always hear God better with a cup of coffee. And uh, I I would take my time, and I would invite the Holy Spirit in. And I say, Holy Spirit, this is your moment. Because only the Holy Spirit can take the word and make it revelatory. He's the only one that can take, like, what the heck does that say? And make it alive to you, what you need to hear. He will, too. It's a, wait till it happens to you the first time. I, I'll never forget it. I have my first journal. The, the first uh, revelation I had of Scripture was in Colossians. It says when you work heartily, you don't work heartily. You work heartily unto the Lord and not as unto man. It jumped out at me. I was 17. I'm like, oh, so when I work for my boss, I don't really work for him. I work to honor God. And when I learned that, I went, I got promoted all the time. I don't even know how I did it. Because I wasn't working to please man. I working with integrity to God. That one verse changed my whole life. That's what God will do for you. That's that relationship. God gave me something I needed for Barb Pruitt. I didn't have to wait to Sunday morning for my pastor to hopefully throw something at me that sticks. A lot of people here, right? You can find it for yourself. It should be confirmation, actually, when I come to speak. So I would do that. And I tell you, if a verse stuck out to me, I wrote it in my notebook. Another verse, write it in my notebook. I didn't get real religious about it. Oh, that's good. I write it in my notebook. This is no joke. I would open up my notebook. I'd go back and reflect. I would find a whole message. It was like everything beautifully thread together. I had no idea. That's the beauty of God's word. The beauty of God's word, if we'll take a few minutes a day to allow it to change. And don't read it for somebody else. Yes, she needs to read that. I better text her. No. Intimacy with God. Intimacy. God's like, no, boo, that's for you. (laughs) 
I didn't mean for that to rhyme. So you get to this place, and it's beautiful. You learn to walk with the Lord and talk with the Lord. You learn to put on worship music. And you learn to sacrifice the flesh when it doesn't want to do it. And you do it anyway. You learn to obey him and make tough decisions to follow him. And they're hard, but they're beautiful on the other side of it. And God reveals himself in such a way that you cannot explain. It's something you know. I experienced for myself. I cannot even tell you the wonder of the moment I had with God. Amen? Because that's what God looks for. When you have this intimate place, you know how to be led by the Spirit of God. What time do we got here? Okay. You know how to be led by the Spirit of God. You can come on up, Alex. You understand how to walk by faith and not by sight. You're convicted of your sin, and you turn from it. You wake up and say, I want to bring you glory. You hear his voice. You see God daily in your life. You're actively walking out the awareness of the presence of God in your life. Listen, worship is a natural overflow. You feel his peace and you feel his power. His word is hidden in your heart and you long for more of it. This is what an intimate relationship with God looks like. Amen. Not just in church, but every day of our life. Oh, man, I'm so out of time. i got to wrap it up, you guys. All right. <laughs> okay, Psalm 63. You guys asked for it. No, just, just really quick. Because I want to give you the good part. I want to leave you hanging. Psalm 63 says this. You could, yeah, for this is David. Remember David, who was not perfect, had adultery, always made mistakes. He said, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. Do you see a difference if I come to church and worship? And God, I long for you. My heart aches for your presence. I'm in a dry and parched land where there's no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Where does real praise come from? This intimacy with God, knowing him in the valley, knowing him when you've been betrayed, knowing him when the finances aren't there, knowing him when you're, when you're broken, knowing him when you've got addiction. I long for you, God, in this place of a dry and weary land where there's no other that can fill me. Only you, God, and only your presence, God, can be what I need in my life. The world will give temporary satisfaction, but only God can be that river of living water. Oh, there's none like him, Amen got to know his name. Do you know his name? Do you know his name? Psalms 910, those who know your name trust in you. Do you know his name? Lord, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. What is God's name to you? Is it the big guy in the sky? Up there, little baby Jesus, six-pound baby Jesus. How you know God is how you perceive him. What's his name to you? To me, he's redeemer. He's restorer. He's deliverer. He's the forgiver. He's the righteous. He's the great I am. I know his name. And when I know his name, that's the one that I call out for. 
I know that he's my Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I know he's my Jehovah Rapha, my healer. I know he's my Jehovah Tiskanu, my banner. I know God and what I need him in every season of my life. We have to know God in this season. We're not going to get by by religion and just making it through on Sundays. We've got to bring him in to this beautiful relationship with him. There's this prayer. I'm going to pray over you a scripture verse. This is my prayer for you and for this church and for myself. And it's Ephesians 1, 17. It says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Keep going. I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you and the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. We serve a great big God, don't we? We serve an almighty God and he wants to know you and he wants you to know him. So I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning, wherever you're at on that spectrum, maybe you've just been in religion and you're like, I got to get out of religion. I got to get back to this relationship with Jesus. I got to know that I know that I'm born again. You don't want to change it just because you've done some religious things. You want to know that there's been a heart conviction of the Holy Spirit. And only you can ask the Lord to cut your heart in that way. And maybe you come to Jesus, but you still keep going back like the prodigal son to the old and the, and the pig slather and all the things of, of, of bondage and in the past. God wants to set you free. He wants you to get all in. And some of us who are in the other category that we've just lost that first love. You've just lost that intimacy. We need to come back to him today. Amen. We need to make a valiant effort to say, God, I'm going to get back to that first love. If I have to crucify every piece of this flesh that screams no, I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to go back to that intimate place of the word and worship and, and prophetic realm and hearing God and that beautiful place that God wants his kids to dwell. Amen. So I'm going to pray this prayer with all of us. I want everyone, wherever you're at in this journey, all of us need to say this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me for my cold heart if I'm compromising. If I'm unsure of my salvation, I surrender it all to you today. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my apathy. Draw me back to my first love, my first joy. Give me a hunger for the word of God and revelation of its truth. And I receive that today in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Woo! Thank you, Jesus! We praise you, God! We praise you, Jesus! God loves when his church cries out for him. Can't you feel his heart this morning? Get signed up for Growing Together. Two more classes. Pack that room out. Go to celebrate freedom when it comes. Amen? Get involved with the events. Get in the women's ministry. Get in the men's ministry. Find places to belong because that's what the kingdom is all about. Amen. All right. I love you all so much. God bless you. Thank you for going a little longer today.